As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly Minnesota where we sort of dig into the things we've been watching or playing or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. Yeah, we still haven't figured out this intro stuff yet for the Little Cuts. Happy Friday. <laughs> Happy Friday, everybody. And if you are listening to this on Friday, um, you can watch us be imposters tonight on uh among us with uh, oh, yeah. the the fellows at at certified forgotten and some other guests yes it it'll be, be it was so fun last time i drank too much wine i will not be doing that this time <laughs> i will not be consuming four glasses of wine um wine hangers are the worst i can't even describe to you how bad it was um <laughs> it was like <laughs> i know wine does this to me but yes come join us it's very fun we all yell at each other in a fun way we also we we had some like uh technical issues that i think we're working out this time we're going to use zoom instead of discord so like mm, i think yeah. things will be a little bit a little bit better this time around because we've gotten some of the kinks i i hope fingers crossed uh worked out that it will be a little bit better but yeah it was a lot of fun next time hopefully this time i'll be an imposter because <laughs> i was so pissed that i never got to be one even though everyone seemed to think i was one every single fucking game <laughs> you're not better <laughs> no not at all <laughs> uh so with that what have you been watching mary beth okay so i have gone down a massive um koji shirashi shirashi hole um he directed Nor norio the curse he directed oh. um a record of sweet murder he directed a cult he's basically like a pretty prolific japanese filmmaker and he is he is the premier Japanese found footage person, but like, if not one of the best found footage filmmakers in the world. He actually, this weekend, Steve actually was like, hey, I heard of this movie, A Cult. Do you want to watch it? I was like, yes, I do. It's been on my watch list. And so we watched it and it's so weird and then and kind of gross in a good way. And so then I just decided to watch two more of his movies. I, oh, I watched A Cult. I watched Nori, Norio the, Cur the Curse, which is like 
one of the best one is is objectively one of the best found footage movies ever made i really and it need came to watch it Paranorm- it's so good it's so weird and it's like it's more about like building tension through these interconnecting stories mm. um which is really fascinating it's like it's cre- it's a creeping tension that he's really okay. good at making and he's in a couple other found footage movies i haven't watched yet but he did record of sweet murder which is a korean co-production so mm. i watched that one Colt and Noroi, um, and they are just masterpieces of cinema. <laughs> they're all, weird. Really? They all are. I love them all. And I they're mean, all found like, footage. They're all found footage. He does more. He does more than found footage, but I, I've only seen his found footage films. So my favorite was a cult, and my if I had to like rank them, it'd be a cult as number one, Norori as number two. And number three is a record for sweet murder, but it's like very hard to do that because a record for sweet murder is just a little bit more like graphic. And mm. not that I care about that, but there were some moments where I was like, "This seems unnecessary." Um, <laughs> but like the payoff is great, and so he he's just so good at making weird fucking movies that are like really really engaging and suck you in and kind of spit you out afterward and be like how you feel now so those three were really good you can watch norio nori sorry guys on shutter and then occult is actually free on youtube and record for sweet murder is on amazon prime oh wow you know i i've wanted to watch um nori but like i think the one time i did start watching it i realized that it was like a two-hour movie and yeah it's almost two hours long I, I didn't have the the mental capacity at that time. I didn't think to like watch it, but I it's it's been on my list to watch it. So I I need to to dig into it that. It goes by. I mean, it went by really fast for me. I mm-hmm. think the storytelling is fascinating, and I think it's enough to keep you engaged. But again, I am biased because I love found footage movies, so I might also just get more like quickly engaged with those stories. But what's really depressing is like none of his movies are available on Blu-ray right now. I tried mm. to find. <laughs> Noroi on Blu-ray and there's like one version that's like a hundred dollars if that Oof. and it's like region three and then occult doesn't have a Blu-ray release and it's like I'm hoping that this means that like sooner rather than later one of the boutiques will pick them up and do some releases because his movies are just absolutely phenomenal and like um occult not occult the curse came out in 2005 so it was using techniques that paranormal activity took and used yeah it it's actually i mean it's like a, from my nerdy ass perspective it's actually really fascinating to see like how where that film kind of exists in the equal like in the void between blair witch project and cloverfield slash paranormal activity like in american found footage mm-hmm. and i think nori gets uh, nori should get more noroi sorry noroi should get more attention and it got it does in smaller circles, but I think like it should be up there as like one of the most important and influential found footage movies. And it, I mean, it's not in English, but who gives a shit? But I think a lot of people yeah. focus on found footage as like an inherently American phenomenon. Right. And it sure as shit isn't. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, people should just look to like wreck. I mean, you know, it's it does exist out of the United States. It really does. And some of like there's some really and Gonjiam, like we yeah. preached that movie to the heavens, like hell yeah, we did. So and do so. <laughs> you said cult was like your your favorite. A cult is my favorite. So a cult is um. What is it about? 
what is it about? <laughs> it's one of those movies that like it starts one way. So basically, um, Koji Surarashi plays himself as a filmmaker who is exploring hmm. this stabbing that happened three years ago. That was like completely inexplicable. This guy stabbed to kill two people, injured one, and then promptly jumped off of a cliff into the ocean. And he oh, becomes wow. fascinated with this case and to understand it. And it starts off as him talking to people who are affected and kind of like learning about what was going on the day, that day. And it blossoms into this absolutely bizarre like web of like paranormal Lovecraftian stuff. I don't want to spoil it because really? it's just like. It's very weird, but it has some of the best um, ghost imagery I've ever seen. So Really? It's creative, at least. The ending shot is really awful, and I wish it wasn't in the movie because it's just, <laughs> like, kind of cheesy. But regardless of that, it's – the movie had me – like, my jaw dropped. It was so creepy and, like, again, Shibarashi is so good at the tension building, and there aren't jump scares. And, again, we don't – I love jump scares if, if – like, you know, we talked about that, but his movies yeah. are just so tense and they're so good. So Occult is on YouTube for free streaming and I would recommend you watch it. Um, and the subtitles are good. Oh, good. Which is important. <laughs> I, like, that, I was a little bit worried about it, but the subtitles are good on that one. Um, so it's definitely worth a watch. And it's not, it's like an hour and a half. So yeah, it looks, it doesn't look that long. It like it's a it's a movie that like sucks you in and it's like a it's like you're falling into a rabbit hole. His movies are oh. like Alice in Wonderland, I guess is a way to put it. Like you are falling into this rabbit hole of like information and go deeper and deeper and deeper and everything gets so complicated but somehow comes together and it's just like such an enjoyable experience. I mean it's awesome. fucked up. They're not <laughs> enjoyable is probably the word that most people wouldn't use, but <laughs> I enjoyed the experiences very much. So I, I'm going to have to. It's Noro. Nor, gosh, I, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Noroi. Noroi is on, has been on my list to watch for a while. I need to just sit down and, and watch it. Yes, I recommend. I big recommend. Again, the final shot. The final shot in that movie is absolutely creepy. I mean, that's what, you know, it's always like whenever someone is talking about uh, found footage and they talk about the non like United States ones, that one always comes up. Like, have you seen yeah. this movie? Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm surprised, I'm bummed I hadn't seen it sooner, but I'm glad I have now because boy, oh boy, like. Was this your first time watching it? Yes, it was my first time watching it. It was cool. been on my list forever, like, like you. Yeah. And because I watched a cult, I was like, all right, we're just all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going in deep. I love that though. I, so it was great. Like, I think he, I, I think he is one of my all time favorite directors right now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so. He's pretty it's good. Awesome. And you watch his other stuff that's not found footage, but like... He's done a, a good number, He's done a like. lot of movies. He, oh, he did Carved, The Slipmouth Woman, which I wasn't what? like the biggest fan of, but it, it's about an urban legend in Japan about a woman who has like her mouth cut open and she carries around a big pair of scissors and kills kids. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like really nice. Uh, oh, he did Sadako versus Kayako. Oh, yeah, he did. I didn't see that. Uh, I think I, I pretended like that. that wasn't... Yeah, I'm not just saying gonna... all of his movies are whammies. <laughs> I'm saying the movies that he does that are good no. are whammies. But sometimes you have a couple. You have a couple hey, people, fouls. <laughs> people like that movie. I just, I just think it's silly in, in the same way that like any like versus movies are. They're not That's, usually yeah. my favorite. Yeah, 
I agree. But a lot of people really liked it. I'm I just, I'll just I'll just put the caveat here is I like Koji Shirashi as a found footage horror filmmaker. There, you go. there is like the caveat I'll put there. Like because I have only really seen his found footage films. So besides those three for our Giallo journey, everybody, <laughs> we watched Shock. Yes, we sure what did. What the fuck was that movie? It was so good. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. It's so... Okay, just like off the bat, that child, deserve, Marco, deserves every award for being the fucking creepiest child ever to grace a screen. The creepiest child. I, the creepiest child. I, how does How is he so good at that? What's he I like now know. as an adult? <laughs> is he fine? Is he okay? Is he okay. But anyway, besides you know, that. It's funny because like this is the second well, he only has two movies, but it's all it's his second movie as the as the creepy kid because he did Beyond the Door, which I've never seen, but it was released in nineteen seventy four. And interestingly enough, this movie was in some areas was rela- released again because it's Italian horror movie and they don't care about continuity it was released as beyond the door 2 and it had no connection to beyond the door except that it also had this kid david david collin jr playing the creepy kid italian horror is fascinating to me it is especially during this 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 time where like you have so many movies that are just like hey just release it as terminator 2 even though it has absolutely (laughs) nothing to do with terminator 2 or we're gonna release this movie and call it jaws 5 (laughs) Like, I can't wait. That is going to be a movie I'm going to be talking about on Little Cuts at some point. Uh, I need to watch it. But man, Italian horror. But so what is this movie about? What is this movie about? Um, So this movie is about a woman who has lost her lost her first husband um, to suicide. And she, her new husband and her son, Marco, are moving back into the house where they she previously lived with her abusive ex. And so she's like pretty uncomfortable with that because I would be too if you were moving uh, into yeah. the house where you lived with your abusive ex-husband. Um, but they move back in and things start things start getting really weird. I mean, like things falling off the walls, typical haunting stuff. And then um, it becomes like pretty apparent that the son is possessed by the spirit of the abusive ex-husband, which leads to some very uncomfortable moments. Oh boy, does like it. Like when he lays on top of his mom and pretends to hump her. Oh my god, that scene. I was like, I, I made a note. I was like, Marco is grunting as he holds his mother down. And then I realized yeah. what he was doing. And I'm like, yeah. oh. And I was oh. like, worried there was going to get worse. And it didn't. But Thank God for that. But So yeah, it's it sounds really gross. And it is. But it's really well done and it's creepy like it's just really creepy yeah you know it there's a couple transition shots that i really liked in this movie uh, of course there's the one that is like in gif form across twitter recently where you know marco is running and then all of a sudden it's it's her husband as he's leaping up at her which is such a it's such a good move even though i knew it was coming so good it's such a good move and that actual moment has actually been used so many different times in films um and in, in, in fact uh two movies more recently, it was in Annabelle, and it was also in uh, The Prodigy, which I haven't seen. I haven't seen The Prodigy. has kind of a similar kind of bent to it mm-hmm. with, like, the creepy kid. And mm-hmm. there is a scene, I guess, where the kid's running, and then he turns into an adult as he's, like, attacking the mother. Um, so it, it's a scene that, like, that gets, that, gets, that gets used. But another transition scene that really worked for me was there's a moment where, where Marco is, is sleeping in bed 
with with his mother and he's reaching down to her face and then all of a sudden the hand is a moldy yes! dead hand oh my it's god such a good moment. it was such a good moment oh it was so good i and i also like the dream sequences they do there's a really a lot of really good work being done to like kind of blur the lines between reality mm-hmm. and i really enjoyed that and of course it's an italian horror movie so the soundtrack is absolutely <laughs> gorgeous it's a banger. It's so good. It's got it's like a weird mix of like synth stuff and classical and it's just a little bit of everything and it really fits the tone of the movie very well. There's one song in particular in there and I actually shazammed it. I mean, cuz this was by a, a group that did the the music. It's three people and their their group was I Libra. Okay. So I and I don't know anything about them, but I did Shazam one of the songs because I swear I've heard it before in another movie, and I don't know what it is. So if listeners have heard, it's called Font Suona Piano, and it's by Libra. I swear I have heard that song in another movie, and I don't know what it's from. So if if it has been bothering me. So if any <laughs> listener has heard that and knows what I'm talking about, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talk a little a lot about, well, we, I guess what we've been learning as we're watching these Italian films is, is sort of like the way that they have influenced um, cinema in the United States. And a lot of Americans probably don't realize that. Like we didn't really touch on it much, but with uh, a Bay of blood, the one in particular death scene where there's a spike through two couple or two through a couple that's having sex is, is literally ripped off and used in Friday the 13th part two. And I'm watching this movie and I can see sort of not even just with the, the scare, but like a lot of it kind of reminded me a little bit of this year's invisible man. Yeah. It did. There was a lot of shots that reminded me of Invisible Man and also of found footage, like the static shots. There were a lot of really interesting lingering static shots that, again, you don't really see used that often in a lot of cinema. But seeing that in shock is really, really. Right. Especially, for instance, this is 1977. I mean, you know. And like there's a lot of like killer POV as well, which is always like one of my favorite I love um, it. Techniques. I just love killer POV. It's so cool. But I was thinking about the the structure of shock in particular to Invisible Man with like, you know, you have like the floating weapon that there's like the, the box cutter that's oh, like floating yeah. there. And you have the ex that committed suicide, quote unquote, and who's trying to drive his ex insane and the gaslighting and the kind of haunted house feel to it. It it just reminded me a lot of like what we would eventually see in this year's Invisible Man that I'm wondering if there was like homages to it or something i mean because it's obviously not the same but like there's just ideas here that i I feel are played out in invisible man i also i feel like even if it wasn't a direct homage i feel like a lot of movies have taken from shock and a lot of like you said Mm. a lot of italian horror movies have influenced american cinema so it's like by osmosis it's probably taken a lot from shock but maybe because it's it's like Lee one Lee one else all in like another movie or another movie yeah. and like is there's like the Kevin Bacon effect of like you can get six right. degrees yeah. of separation. So I mean, regardless, I think it it has had a huge influence on movies like that. And it is every time we watch a move a new Jello movie or a new Italian horror movie, I'm just continue to be astounded with how it's shaped so much of horror. It's really yeah. amazing, and it's really yeah, cool it to see that. Especially considering that it's not American. I mean, it's like exactly. seeing other cultures the way that it has it has influenced the world, really. Yeah. It's cool. What should we watch next week, Terry? I was just thinking that. Should we I watch Should we watch Deep Red? Oh, I would love to revisit Deep Red. Cool. I know that one's on Shutter, and that's the one I've been really wanting to watch. 
So back to Argento. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if anyone has any suggestions of what we should be watching, let us know. Tweet Please at do. me, tweet at Terry, tweet at the podcast, send us an email. I mean, I know I can Google it, obviously, but I'd love to to take a couple suggestions from y'all so it's like a little bit more, you know, interactive. So yeah. watch Deep Red for next week and send us some suggestions of movies. And if you don't, I'm just going to tweet about it. So <laughs> I'm going to get your suggestions, goddammit. You know, one one thing that um, I, I really liked about this movie as well is I think it's Daria Nicolodi's best performance of the uh, movies that I've seen her in. She's and so... we are recording this after she unfortunately passed away um, in November. And it, if like we 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 didn't plan like on, on shock being is sort of like this sort of, you know, happening at the same time as as, as her death, unfortunately. But it, it felt it feels kind of right that we're talking yeah. about her probably her best performance in a movie that of that I've seen there it might be more but like she's been in movies that we've talked about she was in Phenomena you know and she's in Suspiria she's and she was married to Dario Argento and she is a Asia or Asia Argento's mother like she is an important part of of Italian horror cinema she's huge and she is just so amazing in this movie she's beautiful but also just like commits emotionally to everything and mm -hmm. she is really just like spot on the entire the entire film so phenomenal it's such a good movie um terry what else did you watch consume enjoy this week well you know i was i wanted to do um, because we were watching Shock and because of, of her passing, I wanted to watch another movie. And so there was one that I watched that was Paganini's horror, Paganini horror that she co-wrote and she was also in. Um, and unfortunately it was kind of a drag for me. So I didn't really want to focus on that. And I was, I was kind of af afraid that like I wasn't really going to have an, another movie to talk about that was like really, that really excited me. And then, and then I saw. <laughs> A fantastic movie that is on Netflix that just came out on Netflix at the end of November that I don't think I've seen a single person talk about. And I stumbled upon it on Netflix by myself. And it is called The Call. And it is a South Korean horror movie. Okay, you've already got my attention. And it is... Uh, it's 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 phenomenal. I, I absolutely loved it. I was really kind of... I did. I guess the, my, my one critique is I didn't really like... There's like a stinger at the end that I didn't really care for. Um, but so what it is about is there is, <clears throat> excuse me, there is this, this woman who is coming back to her, her family house. And it's like kind of the sad time. Her father passed away years ago. Her mother is dying from some kind of brain and, um, aneurysm in her brain or a tumor in her brain. I can't remember which. And so it's, it's very, it's very sad. And she is home and her, uh, cordless phone in the house rings and she picks it up and there's a panic woman on the other end that is trying to reach this other girl. And she's like, my mom is trying to kill me. I have her locked up. I don't know what to do. And she's like, um, I think you might have the wrong number. She's like, this isn't soon. And she's like, no. And then she hangs up. And then the next night, the same call happens again. And she's like, my mom is trying to burn me. And then you hear her getting dragged down a hallway and it's like, what is going on? And you find out that this phone, for whatever reason, is connecting to 20 years in the past. And there's a woman <gasps> who is the same age as, as her now that is talking on the same cordless phone that is in this house now that is 
reaching out to this woman in 19 from 1999 to 2019 and they start to form this little friendship and then the the girl in it's like, 1999 it's like a, is it like a friendship over time or it's like over a couple like an hours like what's the time span well it's it's a very short like days time span in the beginning okay, cool because um what what the the girl in 1999 decides is that she's like hey i can maybe i can save your father because her father died in 1999 um, from a gas explosion in her apartment. And so she's like, maybe I, what if I can save your father? And then it goes from there. And I don't want to say anything else, but as, as you probably know with Korean horror, it takes a lot of turns. It does a lot of, it plays with different genres. At one point, it almost kind of is pulling from slasher motifs. Um, It is, absolutely phenomenal i was enthralled through the entire two-hour runtime and i think this movie is phenomenal even with the kind of stinger ending that i did not like this looks really cool and it's on netflix came out november 27th and no one is talking about it because i don't think netflix has even said anything about it when i was happening they keep dumping things on there that are really good but like giving it no attention and it's really frustrating it's a lot really of their international they do that with a lot of their international releases too, I think. Like I feel like they always drop like Asian horror or like brand new anime series and they don't say shit. No, they don't. And I mean I'm I'm very I, I keep up with uh the like Netflix's what can you watch next month? And I don't remember seeing this movie, like it might have been in the in the list at the end, but like I don't remember them hyping up this movie at all and it is a netflix like it has the netflix original moniker on it so it is it's not a movie that they're just throwing on there it is a netflix movie in here in the states that they're they're calling it and it's 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 too good for people not to see it's it's just what it does with time and the way it kind of reminds me in a way have you seen uh what's that one movie is it pre predestination no looper you know mm, looper mm-hmm. With like some of the ways of like the guy in the past is killing someone and then the person starts to lose limbs in the in the present. Like there is some stuff that's playing with in here that is like that and it's deeply unsettling. It's it's really horrific and it's just it's a really well made South Korean horror film that I wish more people would know about and see. Fuck yeah. Go watch the call, y'all. I'm gonna go Hell watch yeah. it now. Oh, it's so good. I wanna hear your thoughts. Cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, and then I watched a movie that was, I thought was going to be kind of this erotic <laughs> 1990s thriller with like a fish man. Did in you it. call it a cum thriller? Is that what you called it? <laughs> oh my God. For the last time, that word is a preposition and it means like, it, it's a, com- it's a combination. It's combining the two. I know, I but wasn't... people are stupid, including myself. <laughs> Combined with also used as used to describe things with a dual nature or function, a steady cum bathroom. I think it's actually pronounced cum. Yeah, because cum um, laude, like with yeah. honors or whatever the shit. But yeah, no, I and I did that kind of purposely to be kind of cheeky because it was a romantic movie. But like, like it, it is a real word. I'm I know. Not just I think like... everyone. It's Twitter. What did you expect? <laughs> wants, I know. It's funny. <laughs> I know. It's it just it made me laugh. I'm like, yes, I was trying to be a little cheeky, but at the same time, it is an actual word. <laughs> Thriller com aquatic or creature feature. So how was it? It was fine. 
cool. it wasn't enough of either like I, I there was a moment where i was like really on board because the the man slash fish monster literally steps out of the lake in a speedo and it like does the sort of like slow pan and focuses on his bulge for a moment as it's like going down his body. So I'm like, oh, I am here for this. And then it just the second act sort of doesn't really do much of anything. Um, it's it's fine. It's it. It might be worth a rental, but it's not something that um, I'm going to probably think too much about. <laughs> Don't you Unlike the call. <laughs> You watch a movie and you're like, well, I watched it. And then you forget you ever saw it. <laughs> I feel so bad about that. It's like, that feels like the biggest insult to a movie. Like, it's not even bad enough to remember. Yeah. And I'm, I, unfortunately, I think that's going to be the case with here. But, I mean, it does have Mina Suvari in it. And it'll, it has... It'll probably be, like, somewhat... Like, somewhat... People probably love it because it's probably one of those movies that's like, what the shit? It sounds like one of those, like, sci-fi movies that is just, like, right. very bizarre. Well, it also has the unfortunate, I don't know why they did this, but it has the unfortunate title of What Lies Below, which mm, okay. if you do, I don't know if it's changed, but like before when I was trying to determine whether to get the screener or not, if you did a, a Google search for What Lies Below, Google will automatically correct you and say What Lies Beneath. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it backfired because I couldn't find, I literally could not find What Lies Below when I did a Google search for it because it kept reverting to what lies beneath like everything on the first two pages was what lies beneath so i'm like this isn't really working in your favor maybe it's changed because it's now out but like when i was trying to do some recon before i requested the screener i couldn't find a single thing about it cool so yeah i love that <laughs> uh but that that's it for me <laughs> Um, oh, and this upcoming Monday, we will be talking to Kathy Charles, writer of Castle Freak, out on Shutter already. And we'll be talking to her about Basket Case. Basket Case. The 19, 1982, I want to say, uh, classic about... <laughs> what is it about? <laughs> a man in a basket. A man in a basket. <laughs> a man in a basket. And, you know... It, it, we recorded this before we've seen Castle Freak, but like I'll tell you, the conversation of being able to talk with um, a woman writing an exploitation film was amazing. It was so good. It was just so cool to hear the perspective of a woman who's like, I don't want to just write ghost stories. I want to write gross shit. And I love that because I love gross shit. Yeah. So she's it was just so much fun to talk to her about that perspective with horror writing. And also we get to talk about Basket Case, which is like absolutely oh. Gr grotesque so so you don't need to have seen castle freak before the thing is we don't really get into spoilers but mm -mm. um it is out on shutter and you will want to watch uh basket case before then i would say well thank you everyone for listening to this week's little cuts it sounds like everyone's enjoying them so far so we're gonna keep doing them yeah um, i appreciate hearing that feedback yeah seriously so just keep letting us know what you think i am at mb mcandrews on twitter i'm at gaily dreadful and don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And just as a note, you can send us emails, scarredforlife at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We, we hear do. a lot from you on Twitter, but, you know, we want some we want some longer form emails. Ask us some questions. Tell us some stories. Tell us a yeah. ghost story. I want to hear some ghost stories. So, you know what? Oh, send us some good. ghost stories. That's, <laughs> that's my request. There you so, go. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, interact with us. We love you. Please. We do. Um, and if you have 
two seconds, please leave us a review or a rating on iTunes. Please do. Make sure you're subscribed. That stuff really helps. Seriously. Um, so thank you to Steve Barnold for our artwork. Thank you, Sean Keller, for our music. Thank you to everyone for listening. Stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. Oh, I have to stop it. <laughs> Every time. Every time. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>